I'm your host, Bonnie Wiscom, and this is Burning Brightly, a podcast for moms of faith who are feeling called to share their light with the world, but wonder if they're prepared for the task. As a life coach, entrepreneur, and mom to a large family, I'm honored to be your guide as you face this exciting new phase and begin making your mark. This is where we help each other find the courage to shine. Hello there, friend. Welcome back to Burning Brightly. Today, I've got a powerful episode about evil. (laughs) Just kidding. We're going to talk about combating evil, but I just thought that would be a funny way to start. If you are a mom of faith, then you know this one truth. There are real forces for good and for evil out there. So we're going to talk about combating those evil ones and working for good. We know that everything good comes from God. He is the source of all light, all truth, all love, all kindness, everything wonderful. When we feel inspiration to do anything that yields more of these things, more light, truth, love, kindness, we know that that is from God. On the other side, Satan is the root of all evil. He tempts us with selfishness and cruelty and jealousy and anger and contention and so much more that we see, unfortunately, in the world every single day. If we let him influence us, then we may find some temporary satisfaction here and there, but we will never find lasting joy and peace. He has made sure of that because that's the opposite of what he wants. So what does all this have to do with building a business? Well, burning brightly is what God has asked us to do. All those of us who follow him, he has asked us to be a light for good and to shine his light into the world so that others can see him through us. So what does that mean? It means Satan wants the exact opposite. He wants us to struggle and he wants us to doubt ourselves and to doubt God. He wants us to dim our light, to turn down that brightness a little bit so that others cannot see God's light through us. So today I'm going to share with you 10 ways that Satan regularly tries to get us, amazing godly women and entrepreneurs, to stop burning brightly or to just dim the light just a little bit. And that's not what we want to do. We want to do the opposite. We want to shine as brightly as possible. So let's dive into the 10. Number one, in no particular order, is mom guilt. So many incredible moms who would be amazing entrepreneurs fall prey to the idea that they should be better moms or they should be doing more with or for their children. Now, guilt in general, I don't believe is a bad emotion. I I firmly believe that there's not really any emotion that is bad. They all teach us lessons and all serve us in one way or another. But guilt is actually designed to put us back on the path to our greatest values. When we have strayed away from God, guilt helps bring us back. Its job is to set in whenever we are not living with integrity. There should be some guilt. And then we use it to come back into keeping with those values. But Satan, I have found, likes to use mom guilt to turn us away from sharing our light and make us feel like we're being bad moms because we're not circling around our children 24-7. He wants us to use the good of serving our families as a distraction from something even better, which is using our light to be spread into the world. Now, to be clear, I firmly believe that serving our family should be a top priority. In fact, for me, it's number two, my number two priority, just below serving God is serving my family. But sometimes I have to leave things undone at home 
or allow my children to become more independent so that I can do God's will outside of my home. Now, there were many years this wasn't the case. I would actually try to do something a little bit more with my business and I would just feel held back like like that was not my time. But at this point, I feel like it is my time. And so sometimes some mom guilt will come up for me and I will realize, actually, no, I, I shouldn't be feeling guilty about this. I know that the right step for me right now is to go out and build this business, even if it means my kids are gonna have mac and cheese tonight. Does that make sense? So when guilt comes up for you, analyze it. Ask yourself if there's any truth to where it's coming from. And if so, make adjustments. Maybe your kids have had mac and cheese for six nights in a row and you're thinking, you know, actually, I think I probably should make dinner. Great. But if it comes up and you realize, no, there's no truth to that. It's okay. Instead, I want to be working on this business that God has called me to do. Then peacefully let that guilt go. Okay. All right. Number one, guilt. Number two, fear. Let's start this one with scripture because every time fear comes up, we should know exactly what to think about it. And it's this. A scripture in Psalm 56, 4 says, In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do to me. There are so many scriptures that talk about how fear is the antithesis of God. God does not work from fear. So let's just eliminate it. I like to start by naming my fears because when we just think, well, I'm just kind of afraid or nervous, it just seems impossible to overcome. But let's name them. For me, some of the things that I have been afraid of in my entrepreneurial journey include fear of criticism, fear of failure, fear of looking dumb, right? We're always afraid of looking dumb and of losing money because that's a real thing when you invest money into your business. But what is the worst case scenario of all of these? And I would challenge you to ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario to your fears? It would just be negative emotion. That's it. It would be feeling some shame, feeling some embarrassment, maybe feeling some financial discomfort. And that is it. That's all we're afraid of is feeling those feelings. So if we can learn to embrace those and operate anyway, build our business through the fear and through the discomfort, then there's nothing we cannot do. We cannot be stopped. So just remember, if you are paralyzed by fear, you might be letting Satan take control. God does not, nor has he ever operated out of fear, only out of love. So pray for a a release from it. If that is something you're struggling with, pray for help and then get busy taking action even while the fear hangs around because you can do that too. Okay, number three, comparison. Oh, if you are a woman, you probably know this one real intimately. Comparison or being worried about how we will look to others. Also closely connected with that fear. So I was a sprinter in high school and I ran very, very short distances, 100 meter, 200 meter, 300 meter, 400 meter. My longest race was under a minute. So they were seconds long races. And do you know what I never, ever did in those races? I never looked in the lane next to me. I did not have time or energy to waste looking at where my competition was. In fact, the only way I could tell where anyone was was by how loud their breathing was. <laughs> their breathing got louder. I knew they were coming up on me. And that was my hint to hit it hard. There just was not time or energy to waste looking around going, oh, what's she doing? What's she doing? Because if I had looked from one side to the next, they would have passed me up. I would have wasted precious milliseconds looking in another lane and I would have lost the race. So every minute we spend as entrepreneurs looking over the fence is again, time and energy taken away from our metaphorical candles that are burning. Remember episode nine where he talked about the fuel that we need? We need that fuel to shine our own light. We can't waste it looking at other people. But Satan loves comparison. He wants us to look around and just think about all the things we don't have, all the things we're not doing. Comparison takes our amazing blessings and it turns them into not enough. And it makes us 
irritated and ungrateful and miserable beasts (laughs) instead of being grateful, godly women. It can turn us away from gratitude and towards self-pity. So shun comparison at all costs. Protect your mind. Do not let it compare. Number four is using good things as excuses. So thankfully, God has filled our lives with so much goodness. We have families and homes and wonderful things to occupy ourselves with. But they can be a temptation to take our focus off this mission we have of burning brightly. We can spend our entire life focusing on good things like time with our kids and volunteering at school or at church, cleaning our home or uh, connecting with friends. Now, there's a concept I want to touch on really briefly here. It's called the concept of good, better, best. What that means is you will have good things in your life, you will have better things, and then you will have the best things. And that concept simply teaches us to not allow the good or even the better things to distract us from what is best. So for example, if you have committed to yourself that you will work on your business from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. every day, then the best thing you can do at 1 p.m. is to go to your office or go to the library and work on your business. Even if a kid is upset at you, even if your house looks like a wreck because you have committed to yourself to do this thing that God has called you to do. The best thing during your work time would not be to organize photos or play Uno with a kid. This can be a hard pill to swallow, friends. I know because there's so much good in our life. But if you make commitments to yourself and to God, be ready to respect them and do not allow those good things to sidetrack you. Okay, number five is to fixate on the unimportant. So when we women become entrepreneurs, we can easily pay too much attention to the shallow stuff. Things like having the right hair and the right makeup or the right clothes or the perfect handbag, having a home that looks a certain way or the right car, especially as we begin to see monetary success. We see more money come into our lives and we think, well, what should I do with this money? Well, I should buy all these things that other people are buying because that seems important. Satan wants us to be obsessed with shallow status symbols. It's a very easy way to distract us from shining our light brightly. Now, to be clear, I am not saying that you shouldn't make a ton of money and spend it. You can absolutely do that. And as a wonderful, godly woman, I know you will spend it on things that build God's kingdom, that make the world a better place, that benefit and bless your family and your friends and acquaintances' families. Just be cautious about how important you are making fitting in with the cool kids or gaining specific status symbols. Because unfortunately, even among grown-up entrepreneurs, there are cool kids and there are mean girls and there are cliques. Don't let success turn you into that and fixate on those things that do not have lasting value. Number six, socializing. We all love to socialize, we all love friendships, and they are critically important to our mental well-being. But for many of us, we are going from full-time stay-at-home mom status to part-time entrepreneur, and that means we have to let some things go. And for me, that has meant some socializing time. It doesn't mean I never see my friends, doesn't mean I never hang out with people that I love, but it is a lot less than I was doing when I was staying home full-time as a mom. My business actually fills me up in so many ways that I used to get through friend time. And it has actually brought me a lot of unexpected friendships as well. But sometimes it's still hard to say no to social engagements. People want to go hang out, do the mom thing at the park, and I just don't have the time or the energy because I'm caring for my family and building a business. So beware of spending too much time socializing and not enough building your business. But also on the flip side, beware of making your business your best friend and the only thing you ever spend time on. That's also not healthy. We obviously can't shine brightly if we're never interacting with anyone or if we're only ever online. So just pay attention to this delicate balance and ask God for help if you need it. 
Number seven, believing our own poisonous stories. By now, you know enough about life coaching to know that the stories our brains tell us are not always facts. In truth, they actually rarely are facts. They are just stories. Satan often wants to convince us that any damaging or limiting stories we tell ourselves are true. Things like, I don't have any talents, nobody wants to hear from me, I'm not special, I've never been successful, this isn't for me, and on and on and on. If you find yourself entertaining these stories, go listen to episodes three and five. Number three will remind you how it's our brain's job to keep us safe, and sadly it does so by limiting our experiences and keeping us in the cave. It wants us to just stay home at all costs and not do anything risky, right? So go listen to that one. Listen to number five because that one's about self-compassion, and self-compassion is crucial in this instance. When those poisonous stories come up, you need to write them down in a notebook and leave them there. Ask yourself, are these even true? And if they are, so what? What does that mean about me? Do I want to hold on to them? And then go build your business anyway. Number eight temptation is making it about us instead of about God. It is so easy to fall prey to this woe is me mentality as you're building a business. Oh, things got hard or things didn't work out the way I wanted to. Or we're focusing on fear or insecurity because we're all wrapped up in our own needs. But if we truly believe that what we're doing is what God has in store for us, it changes everything. We will quit that drama and dive head first into this plan he has for us. There's an amazing story about this I want to share with you. This is from a faith leader that I really admire and respect. And he has a story about when he left for a two-year uh, mission trip to England, I believe it was. And he wrote home once complaining about what was going wrong. I am miserable. I'm homesick. This is hard. I don't want to be here. I think I'm wasting my time. And his dad famously wrote back, forget yourself and get to work. Basically, stop the boohooing. It's not about you. This is God's work. Hop to it. And he said that turned him around and he realized I, I was too fixated on my own self and was not fixated enough on whose work I was doing. So think for a moment about the people that God is sending you to serve. Who needs his light? And acknowledge that you may be the only one that they can get it from. You may be in the right place at the right time to give them that light that they so desperately need. So just get ready to step up to the plate, sister, because God needs you, uniquely you. Number nine temptation is to not care for our bodies and our minds. Now in episode nine, again, we talked about that fuel needed to get this job done. Satan might tempt us to run ourselves ragged and not prioritize our self-care. And then guess who we're good to? Absolutely no one. Not our families, not our business, not to anybody online or anyone we meet in person. Do you have a system and plan for caring for your body, spirit, and mind? Because if you don't, you need one. Get one, and it can be something super simple. You can start so small, like you need a little exercise a couple times a week. You need some vegetables. You need some scripture reading, and you need a journal or some coaching to do for your mind. That's it. Start very, very small, but start investing in that fuel you need for yourself. So treat yourself like a receptacle of God's spirit should be treated, because that's exactly what it is. So ditch any self-loathing thoughts and honor yourself as the child of God you are so that you are ready to fulfill this mission he has for you. Number 10, the last temptation that Satan tempts us with to get us to dim our light is to not walk by faith. Everything God asks us to do requires faith. You guys, everything. He wants to see if we have the strength to do the things he asks, even when we have no guarantee of how it will pan out. That is hard to do, but it's also so worthwhile. So do you have faith for that? And if not, ask him for it. 
Again, I can't help but think of another one of my favorite scriptures about faith, and it's in Mark chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. You probably remember a man goes to Jesus and asks for help getting rid of an evil spirit that is in his son. And Jesus says, anything is possible if you can believe. And the man says, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I love that so much. He's saying, yes, yes, I believe. Well, maybe not perfectly. Can you help? And he says, of course I can help if you can just try to believe. Our faith does not have to be perfect. In fact, I don't think perfect faith actually even exists. I don't think that's a thing. But it does have to be stronger than our fear. So lean on that faith, pray for more, and then get out there and shine that light. Okay, friends, we'll talk to you next week. Are you looking for even more wisdom and encouragement to burn brightly? Click the link in the show notes to download the free starter guide to building a business of your own or to schedule a free coaching call with me. And if you loved this episode, don't forget to share it with a friend who might be feeling the call to burn a little brighter. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you next week.